I often tell people, even a baker can change the world. If you think that the impact that he or she may have on the products that they serve and the memories in that process. And it isn't always the big things. Oftentimes I feel my work is like, you know, throwing that stone into a lake and you never see where the ripples end on the other edge. You just know that hopefully they're gonna travel there and carry on. And that's good enough. That's good enough. That was Charles McJilton, our guest on today's episode. Charles is the founder and CEO of Second Harvest, Japan's first nationwide food bank, which embodies the values of ongaisi, the Japanese word for giving back. I'm Rama Shakaki, and you're listening to Innovate with Purpose, the official podcast of Expo Live, an innovation program by Expo 2020 Dubai. Charles is an American entrepreneur who has lived in Japan for more than 30 years. In 2003, Charles launched Second Harvest to help redirect the 6 million tons of food discarded each year toward feeding those who are in need. Our slogan is food for all people, that we want to make food accessible to everybody who needs it. You know, poverty becomes a different issue or hunger is a different issue when you're just thinking about it behind your own closed door in your apartment or your house than when it's a reality right in front of you. Coming in my role here at Second Harvest as the founder, originally was just here to kill time until I was going to move back to the United States. But have you ever seen uh, It's a Wonderful Life with uh, Jimmy Stewart? You know, he can never leave Bedford Falls. This has been my experience with Japan. Every time I'm ready to leave, I get pulled back. When I'm doing my work, it's a way of voting, if you will. Not a political thing, but a way of saying, this is the society I want to live in. This is the society I want to pass along to somebody else that as long as I'm here, my country, my community is Japan. After operating for more than a decade, you decided to build on the original plan for operating Second Harvest. You still wanted to distribute food to those in need, but you wanted the community to be more involved. So in 2018, you proposed a new plan to Expo Live. How was that? That whole experience blew my mind. I got, you know, I got the email a couple weeks later saying, yeah, we, get you, we gave you the money. I'm like, what? Yeah, congratulations. I'm like, I, what, are you kidding me? I know I cried. I know I cried at that point. In October 2019, with the funds from Expo, you launched this new kind of food drive, which you called Marigohan, a Japanese term made up of the words maru, meaning food, and gohan, meaning circle. And at this market, people don't pay money to shop for food, but instead they do a good deed. Can you tell us a bit more about that? We opened up Marukohan in October 2019. We had a good press conference there. People came out, they saw it, and it was moving along for the first six months as we wanted it to. Process-wise, you know, we had things we still had to work out as any new venture is going to happen. And then COVID happened. On the day my son was born on April 11th, 2020, was the very first day of my 20 years here that I had to turn away people because we couldn't handle them. So it was the very first time since Second Harvest's founding that you couldn't serve the crowd who showed up at the market. That must have been hard. That was a tough day. You know, I had to take my, my partner to the hospital that morning. Uh, they wouldn't let me stay in the hospital. And she said, just go to, go to work. And then we just had too many people coming for food that day and we couldn't handle them in the small space of Madagohan Market. 
And I had to make a decision within 20 minutes of, of starting, telling people, we can't help you today. And then a week later, the following week, we made the official decision to shut down Madagohan and just go through a different drive through system where we just gave people a bag of food. And it was hard because I felt a deep responsibility to Expo Live. Here I've been selected for this groundbreaking project and stuff. And we had to shut it down. And you go, you know, you had to shut it down because you don't have an obligation to the people that you serve here and the people that come here to keep them safe. But at the same time, it's like, here's your dream and what you wanted to happen, having to be put on hold. And you don't know how long it's going to be put on hold. And so, yeah, that was the hard one. Seven months later, and despite the challenges posed by the pandemic, Second Harvest was able to host a food drive in Okinawa, a region in Japan with a child poverty rate of about 30%. And so in November, we didn't have enough food. We thought, oh, what to do? <laughs> I said, what if we do a food drive at the food distribution? We ask each person to bring in a canned good or some type of food item. Of course, my partner says, you know, people are hungry, right? They're coming for food for you. I said, yeah. She says, yeah, good luck with that. Kind of like, are you crazy? Who holds a food drive at a food distribution? Who asks people in need of food to bring a can of goods? You got to be crazy. But anyway, this little girl comes in. She's about elementary grade, second grade. Just, she looks like angry at the world. Like, what am I here? And she kind of shoves her can in my face. Because she goes, here. And I'm like, I said, well, thanks, Hazy. Do you know? She goes, but she said, why am I giving this? I said, you're going to help someone else. Your canned good is going to go help another family. And at that moment, she turned, looked up at her mom and said, Mom, you are so kind. As a parent, to get an unprovoked compliment from your own child will just go right to your heart. You know, the mother looked a little bit embarrassed, but she was, you know, you could tell that internally she felt happy. And that child learned through experience, I can also give back. I can also pay it forward to somebody else. And it's small moments like those that lead to the ripples of change that Charles was talking about at the beginning. Sometimes nonprofits like us, people ask that legitimate question. Tell me about the impact you had. And we go, yeah, we don't measure those things. Because one, I don't know if I'd be able to really, with integrity, to, to quantify that, that my box of food, my meal that I provided to this person changed their life. But I do know that, you know, when we connect people that aren't normally connected, food companies that don't know about welfare institutions, or, you know, people working in a financial company that don't come in contact with people that are below the poverty line or people in need, there can be a change there that I never see, but you can sense it. What makes me happy is when I'm sitting there, you know, getting that can good from that little girl and seeing the change in her face. You know, those are small little times to me that, you know, remind me that, yeah, we are all connected in our own different ways and stuff. And so a chance to come to Expo Live to see that in that context with the people in different countries doing really incredible, amazing things in my mind. Reminds me, you're not alone. You're not alone. We're not alone. You know. Thank you, Charles. Innovate with Purpose is the official podcast of Expo Live, an innovation program by Expo 2020 Dubai. Innovation can come from anywhere to everyone. Innovate with Purpose is produced by Kerning Cultures Network. 
Episodes are released every Sunday and Wednesday. Subscribe to Innovate with Purpose on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. If you've enjoyed listening, share with your friends and leave us a review.